welcome to the State of the Channel, the podcast for MSPs. I'm Rob Ray, Data's Vice President of Business Development. We bring you new podcasts bi-weekly featuring MSPs like you, as well as Dato experts and industry leaders. Before we jump into our latest episode, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss anything in the future. All right, let's get started. Hello and welcome to State of the Channel, Dato's podcast for MSPs. I'm Greg Jones, Business Development Director for Dato in EMEA, and I'm here with Bob Petricelli, Chief Technology Officer at Dato. Bob, thanks so much for you being here today. Well, thanks, Greg. I'm really happy to be here. Fantastic. Um, So let's just kick off straight away. It's no secret that 2020 was a year filled with challenges for MSPs and the business community that MSPs serve. But as we head into 2021, we thought we'd take the time and opportunity really to discuss some of the predictions we've come up with for the future of the channel and also new opportunities that might arise for MSPs in 2021. We hope that you find the discussion valuable today. And if you do, by all means, please share this with other MSPs within the community. Um, So today we're going to get straight into a few topics. Uh, Bob, super excited to have you on today's session. Um, And really, let's let's dive straight in and talk about um, how the environment has changed for MSPs in 2020. how do you see the future of remote working and the remote workforce going forward, Bob? Well, that's that's a great question, Greg. I mean, I think we've all been tremendously impacted uh, by uh, COVID in 2020. And, and I think we've all tried to respond as best we can. There's been an enormous shift to remote work when that's been feasible. Uh, and it, it doesn't just apply to our MSP partners, it applies to data as well. You know, our engineering group has been, uh, you know, incredibly resilient and productive uh, in this environment, and it's it's brought up some interesting points for the future when we do return to sort of a uh, more a more normal uh, lifestyle. Uh, a, a lot of our guys are telling us, and a lot of the partners are telling us that um, they expect a substantial uh, retention of remote work going forward. In fact, I'm sure many of our listeners have read recently that Bill Gates predicted that business travel uh, may remain uh, at a reduced level by as much as 50% for the foreseeable future. I think we're all learning how to work together better remotely because of the uh, effectiveness of the tools we have. Uh, But I think also importantly, uh, Bill Gates indicated that uh, he expects remote work uh, to you know, occupy as much uh, much as a third um, of the uh, you know the workplace seats uh, out there, and I would expect you know in some of the segments that our partners serve that are you know heavily influenced by technology, uh, those numbers may be even higher, and and I think that that trend is telling us a couple of things. Um, it's telling us folks will probably enjoy a hybrid environment going forward, and they'll view the ability to work in an office as, as literally a part of their benefit package, and they'll view it differently. Um, they'll, they'll want to combine remote work with an in-office experience that you know, allows them to do those things that are hard to do remotely, develop relationships, uh, be more spontaneous and effective in your communication, but then also get that time to really focus, which I think are our teams have 
have really appreciated. And I think the the impact of this on managed service providers is um, my impression in, in, in talking to many of our partners is that uh, we've reacted to this very quickly under a great deal of uh, uh, time pressure. And we've put together a variety of sort of cobbled together solutions, uh, VPN clients, uh, remote routers, um, uh, some additional security uh, layers and so on. But they're really not long-term manageable solutions. And I think the opportunity for MSPs that are willing to embrace this and develop a practice around remote work is going to be enormous. Uh, in fact, if you think about it, you know, look at uh, a company like WeWork uh, that you know did analysis and sort of determined that um, uh, companies are willing to spend you know upwards of three hundred dollars per employee uh, per month to provide them sort of the bare essentials of access and space. And think about um, looking at that as um, uh, dollars to be put to work in remote work rather than remote um, uh, hosting of office space. And I think we'll find that, you know, not only do small and medium business um, have uh, more budgets available, uh, but they will be willing to spend those budgets if it leads to higher productivity better security, better communications. And so for Datto, I can say this has been a, a very intensive area of research uh, because we believe that the off-the-shelf solutions for this area are not strong. And we have a greater concern that if we don't address this collectively as a community effectively in 2021 and 2022, that we're dramatically increasing the security surface uh, subject to bad actors by extending the workplace, uh, you know, to everyone's home office and you know everyone's uh, coffee shop, etc., uh, without you know taking into account all of the controls and security uh, capabilities required. So I know that was a little bit of a long-winded way to to come at it, but you know, remote work as a segment, I think, is going to be huge. I think we can either sh shy away from it and not want to get involved with. Uh, services that touch um, uh, uh, an individual employee's uh, home, or we can embrace it and try to figure out how to leverage the demand, which is already, uh, you know, crested in the first wave, but is surely going to have uh, multiple waves as the expectations get higher and remote work becomes more of an institution. So hopefully that's helpful uh, on that side. It, it, it's obviously something we've thought a great deal about. Yeah, no, absolutely, Bob. And some, some really great points there. And from um, a point of view in terms of business development and us working on the ground with MSPs, this is exactly the way we are seeing the shift in terms of the MSP community. Um, 2020 has certainly been a year for change in terms of um, not only how businesses operate um, and engage with technology, but also how the conversation around IT has moved from an IT department more into a, a boardroom conversation. Um, and also, uh, we, we're seeing now businesses wanting um, their MSPs to not just be talking about technology, but more how to add value to their business um, as they become more and more uh, entwined with technology. So, no, some really great insights there. Thank you, Bob. Um, just following on from that, 
how do you see this remote working environment shift and having an impact on technology in terms of the security side of things? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good question. I think remote work is a lot more than just setting up a virtual private network and calling it a day. Um, the, the problem or the challenge and the opportunity both lie in the fact that uh, even before COVID and, the, and this big drive to remote access, the, the shape of IT infrastructure and the way we consume IT services has been changing rapidly. We've seen a move from uh, legacy applications or vertical applications largely served on-prem for small businesses to a mix of applications now increasingly being served out of public cloud providers, uh, on-prem, and you know, increasingly and, and, and significantly uh, functions like uh, productivity, email, and, and phone being served by uh, SaaS providers, by you know, pure cloud providers. And that's created a, a very complex uh, scenario uh, in terms of data protection. You know, how do you protect the data generated from all of these new sources and access and security? And I think that the, the MSP who is able to provide um, solutions that you know, seamlessly or, or you know, with, with minimal overlap uh, take care of the continuity requirements, that's a form of security. Uh, take care of the management and security monitoring requirements, um, as well as control access to uh, these applications. And most importantly, extend corporate security controls to that new workplace on the edge. And I think that's probably the biggest trend is that I can sit uh, at home and have VPN access but a lot of my workday is spent outside of the corporate network, accessing uh, uh, cloud services and other third-party services that you know are no longer uh, propagating through the company firewall. And I need a way to make sure that that access is secure. Uh, otherwise, I'm just creating new exposure. And so I think our, you know, not not only do our continuity uh, expectations change sort of naturally as that infrastructure has been evolving, but uh, and our remote work expectations change, but that security posture is becoming very critical. And I, I think the way MSPs need to start to think about it is they need to look at um, trying to put together um, vendor agnostic stacks for continuity and for remote work access and for security that allow them to sort of deal with the mix of components and services that frankly are not all entirely under their control. And um, I think that biggest new opportunity is, is remote work because that embraces not just access, but it embraces controls in the form of having, you know, things as simple as DNS filtering, for example, in place. Uh, and it embraces security, uh, you know, next generation security, deep packet inspection uh, of the network traffic. And then it, and then it, also embraces quality of experience. And I think there's a big opportunity for MSPs to actually improve the quality of the working experience for the remote worker as they, uh, as they provide the security overlay. And I, I know that's sort of two things that normally don't go together on the same plate, 
but I actually think they belong together. You can't look at security as just a tax that you impose on a worker by forcing them to run a specific uh, VPN client or you know, restricting their access to certain websites, et cetera. But you can look at uh, remote services as a way to improve an experience through things like quality of service control and network uh, access steering uh, to improve uh, access to uh, cloud services and improve use of home network bandwidths and overlay on top of that as sort of the sugar that goes with the medicine, the security controls that are absolutely going to be essential uh, to protect you know, even small and medium businesses. Uh, so you know, huge opportunity uh, be, uh, for MSPs, but also big challenge because we're just ex- increasing our exposure exponentially as people move from a centralized workplace to a diffuse one. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's really interesting. And I, I, in some ways, Bob, I'm glad you confirmed that. That was one of my predictions for the MSP community um, and top tips, really, um, for MSPs to add security to all of their offerings going forward. Um, certainly, 2020 has been a, a huge change in the security landscape and how we do business. And it doesn't look like it's going to slow down anytime soon. I'm speaking to quite a number of MSPs out there in the community. Um, They didn't offer um, security uh, solutions or services, but speaking to them, when we actually get behind the scenes and say, well, if you ask your clients, ultimately, where does the security stop with? It is going to be with the MSP. So you may as well actually build it into your offering and getting paid for that that challenging piece of work, really. And I guess that leads me on nicely, Bob, to say that is something that MSPs need to bring into their offerings and and maybe define um, a true technology stack. But how are we seeing the um, security threat emerging for MSPs? Are they changing? Um, Is it all around ransomware or are we seeing many different changes? Well, you know, that's a great question. And and I think that uh, if I would put if I were to put it in the simplest terms, I think we in in 2020 because of the recent uh, uh, exposure of the FireEye tools um, and and the unprecedented uh, scope of that uh, hacking event um, by a foreign actor uh, relative to you know government assets, I think that's a wake up call. Uh, because you know you're looking at um, organizations that have maintained you know strong professional security postures, and they've been impacted. They've been breached. Uh, they've been compromised. What does that mean for us mere mortals uh, operating you know MSPs and small and medium business? I think it means we have to wake up from the dream that um, buying an AV product, for example. Uh, or adding a security license is is really going to make the difference. I mean, I think we all sort of had hoped that you know we could sort of get a vaccination for security. We could we could invest in something uh, and, and turn it on, and then and then hope nothing happened. Right? We go about our business, and I I think that you know I, I sort of grew up in that world, and I I have to say I shared that hope too. I mean. It's sort of like not wanting to look into the sun. You don't want to think about the 
the complexity of the problem. But what we're seeing is, uh, you know, by and large, most MSPs do not have a mature security practice. And we are, are, are now very rapidly converging on the conclusion that Datto, at least, cannot just resell some security things uh, branded as such uh, and really solve the problem. That the solution to a strong security practice is multiple layers, and it ranges from education, uh, you know, community, community development and outreach so that we support each other and we understand best practices to tools and I think the strongest way to think about security is how do we, as a, as a developer of technology and MSPs as a consumer of it, how do we integrate uh, security uh, features and practices into our core services? And I'll, I'll just give you an example of something we've done recently that sort of illustrates that philosophy. Um, I mentioned earlier the, the FireEye breach and, you know, I'm sure you know most of our listeners are intimately familiar with that, but uh, it was a very sophisticated uh, um, uh, supply chain attack uh, that resulted in uh, a bunch of proprietary tools that the security company FireEye had been using uh, to ba- basically fight the bad guys, right? But you know, tools are can be blunt instruments, and hacking tools can be used for good or ill, uh, and uh, these tools were were stolen uh, and are now sort of in the wild. And FireEye responded by providing um, a set of uh, uh, profiling scripts that allow you to sort of uh, audit your systems to see if they uh, have any of the vulnerabilities that these tools exploit. So it's sort of a good hygiene test because these are new tools. So they, there may be new vulnerabilities associated with that. And then, you know, at a deeper level, um, also potentially look for, you know, the, the uh, evidence of um, activity, although that's harder, uh, of some of these tools in your systems. And we decided that, you know, and this had been long coming, this was not a, not a, a, a reflex reaction, but we decided that, uh, you know, our partners in the greater MSP community would be served by making the FireEye uh, scanning tools uh, easy to consume. And uh, we put together um, a scanning package uh, that could be deployed through uh, RMM or, or taken in and actually used by you know, third parties, by third party RMMs. Uh, and, and certainly, let me just caveat, the, these tools are not Unique. They were put. They were provided by FireEye. They're available in a variety of forms. But we made them very easy to uh, for, for our partners to to digest. And and you know this was literally days ago as we're recording this. We have seen thousands of partners um, take on these tools and begin scanning uh, their their endpoints. Uh, and uh, it's unprecedented. We've never seen uh, uh, an uptake rate. That even uh, even comes close, and you know that is very different from sort of hoping you get an alert from an AV tool. Uh, this is a, a a way to proactively go out, scan your environment, look at the results, and you know understand if you have anything of concern, and then action it. And I I think you know we're also doing that in the ransomware space. Um, we rolled out a uh, um, ransomware detection. 
um, agent, which is uh, again now starting to be uh, uh, taken up just out of beta, and now starting to be taken up by uh, by MSPs. Um, and th this is very different from other agents because it's it's not just a detection agent; it's actually integrated into RMM, but it's a detection uh, and 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 uh, intervention. And it allows you to take action. Um, it allows you to stop the ransomware process, and it allows you to isolate the affected client and do it all from RMM where you normally do your work uh, anyway. It's not a, not a bolt-on that you have to sort of look at somewhere else and, and action somewhere else. And you know what's both sort of concerning and exciting, I, if you find security breaches exciting, I guess it's exciting, I find it alarming, is that even during our beta testing, we were detecting live ransomware and interdicting live ransomware attempts. Uh, uh, into the install base of MSPs. And that's no surprise. It's well documented that SMBs are a target of ransomware. And so uh, uh, having an ability to uh, greatly surveil, uh, increase the surveillance through a behaviorally driven algorithm, not a signature-based algorithm um, that can adapt its detection um, techniques to un previously unknown strains of ransomware, uh, we think is an important capability. And it's sort of, you know, you're sort of seeing a, a trend there. If Datto has a product, we are looking at how a product that MSPs use every day for sort of their routine monitoring and management can extend their security profile rather than bolting on some other thing, uh, you know, somewhere else uh, that, that is not part of their workflow. So again, I hope that helps, but it, it's going to be a big area for the entire industry for the foreseeable future. And we are focusing very hard on all of the areas that uh, we can um, provide uh, value added, uh, of course, beyond just RMM. But that's that that's one that's notable because of the, uh, you know, the recent incidents. Yeah, no, some really interesting points. And certainly, um from just listening to that, it's more of a shift from MSPs to slightly moving closer towards them. MSSPs um, really, you know, integrating security um, as a number one priority in their offerings, really. Um, I just want to circle back, Bob, because you mentioned something really interesting there at the beginning of that, um, which was, um, and for me, what I've always seen as one of the number number one risks really for MSPs and also many large and small organizations out there. And it's what sits between the back of the computer chair and the keyboard, i.e. the human, um, you know, arguably sometimes the most weakest link in the chain. And you mentioned there about um, training, education, that 360 approach to security. Do you think this is something that MSPs should be um, I guess, offering or including as part of their service offerings for that education piece around security? Oh, absolutely. And I have to say, I think that, I think there's untapped value there. I mean, even if we look at our own practices in Datto as a, you know, an 1800 employee company, education is absolutely critical to the effectiveness of our security posture and program. And we we go to some significant lengths to um, uh, educate, you know, our executives, 
our our leaders and you know everyone else uh, involved in the company, no matter what their role. And we'll be accelerating that. And MSPs can and should uh, do the same. And I think it's part of a practice. I think that has a value. I think you can put a value on that um, because we cannot prevent every, no matter how good the technology becomes, we cannot prevent um, every risk uh, and teaching users good hygiene um, and why they need to be compliant you know, with some of these approaches, as well as making it easy to do so. And I think that's really important. Sometimes it's, it's rather hard to be compliant um, uh, and uh, because the technology just makes it challenging. And I think, you know, we have to make it as easy as possible and then ed- educate users as to why, you know, they should consume those services uh, because they're going to protect themselves from, uh, you know, whole classes of risks. And it's, it's a completely new area. And frankly, I can't think of anyone better poised to ultimately deliver it than MSPs because they already have a privileged position as being trusted IT consultants. And so I think I, I think that um, I had one MSP tell me in a in a one-on-one last year, um, I'm not sure how to approach my uh, customers on security because they've been customers for ten or fifteen years, and you know they assume I'm already doing that. And uh, if I want to make them, you know, offer them new services, uh, I'm not sure how to have that conversation. And, you know, my sort of initial reaction to that was if, you know, the security environment 15 years ago and the expectations 15 years ago were very different. It's evolving rapidly. There are new risks. And my reaction was if I've had a customer for 15 years um, with whom I've had a personal relationship, how can I not talk to them about it? It's it's just critical. I mean, I, I think you have to go to those uh, customers, those value relationships and say what we have been doing uh, may be covering part of the picture, but the picture is getting bigger. Uh, and as we develop solutions, uh, you know, as a as a ecosystem, not just data, um, we need to we need to get better at having those conversations. Um, we can't assume that what we were doing even even two years ago is 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 an adequate way to think about the problem. So I, I hope that helps. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, more for me, what resonated there was this is not a process that you address security and it's fixed. It's an ongoing evolution of um, your services and a review, I guess, of the threat landscape and what new information that we have really. Um, Whereas many people look at security as, you know, it's a project, they come in, um, they do a piece of work and hey-ho, that network is is protected. But as we know, uh, would it be fair, Bob, to say this is something that we continually need to address, look at and keep changing and adapt to? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 like, uh, it's like healthcare, to be honest. Uh, you can bring a patient in and, and perform a procedure on them that might deal with their acute problem, but you know their chronic problems are ongoing, and security is is a chronic issue. It's it, it, it may have flare-ups. There may be acute instances that ransomware attack, that breach, that theft of information, whatever it is, uh, whatever the flavor of the day is, uh, may feel like the thing you have to deal with. But it's it's really about long-term hygiene, and 
you know, for better or worse, it's here to stay. And, uh, you know, it's part of human nature and we've just got to get a whole lot better at making it part of the MSP's value proposition and, and not just a separate line item. And it's a lot easier for me to say that than for our partners to do it. Um, and what we're hoping to do is make it easier for them to do it by over time integrating more and more security features into core offerings that they're already either using as their own tools or, or selling uh, to the ultimate end, end user um, as services. And we think that's the way to solve that problem long-term rather than a, an ever-evolving laundry list of bolt-ons and doodads. Yeah, uh, you, you made a fantastic point around this is a way for MSPs to add that continual value add. And certainly in 2020, that has certainly been a, a shift uh, in the SMB community, you know, organisations out there not solely looking towards their MSPs just for um, IT solutions, but really adding that value add, you know, um, helping them on their journey with technology, you know, how it's not all about the shiny things and new pieces of kit, it's about how they actually get the most out of the technology, whether that be hardware or software, they're looking for more and more value out from the MSPs. Um, so certainly a great way uh, around look at your technology stack for security, but also make sure you integrate training, um, which is, yeah, huge going forward. So no, thank you for them insights. And Bob, I, I guess this is a difficult one because of the, the complexity of security issues and, and that ever-changing landscape. But what would be, I don't know, maybe your top two or three tips for MSPs for 2021 that they should really be looking at or, or implementing as an absolute minimum going forward next year? Yeah, uh, I, that that is a tough one, but not as tough as it might seem. I think we need to look at it the same way that, uh, uh, you know, Datto and other enterprises look at it. And that is sort of put on your own uh, oxygen mask before helping others. Uh, I think, you know, Tim Weller, our CEO, is very fond of that analogy, as is Ryan Weeks, our chief information security officer. And it really, uh, it really applies in this case because... Um, the, the exposure, the biggest exposure is the MSP themselves. Um, we've, we, we've seen this, you can think of it as a supply chain attack. Um, if a type of client uh, or a specific client is serviced by an MSP, the MSP has the keys, they have the tools. And so securing your own shop is really has to be a first priority. And, and, and you know, it's things as seemingly simple as, you know, going to multi-factor authentication, for example, uh, for your own accounts, managing accounts actively, you know, not leaving um, accounts um, uh, open, uh, making sure that, you know, session timeouts are not, you know, hours long so that uh, stale sessions uh, can get uh, hijacked and used to access your systems. I mean, they're just a number of ways in which bad actors can gain access to the MSP's credentials. Uh, and, you know, multi-factor authentication is a huge, huge step in, in uh, making, that, making that better. So I would, you know, I would certainly start there before I 
talk to even one client about a security offering because uh, they are most likely to be affected uh, by holes in your security as an MSP and uh, bad actors getting in that way. We, we certainly see that happen um, with a variety of tools out there on the landscape. Um, and, uh, you know, frankly, on a regular basis, we're helping MSPs recover clients that have had uh, a credential-based um, uh, incidents um, with their own stuff. Um, happy to say, you know, Datto has been extremely vigilant uh, with our own uh, authentication approaches and our own security. Uh, you know, touch wood, we're not, uh, we're not perfect, but we've been very active in that space and we've acted as a resource. So I think, you know, start with your own hygiene. Um, if there are security products that you're contemplating reselling uh, to your um, part, to your customers, you know, antivirus, anti-malware, um, how about making sure you have those deployed on your own systems and you'll understand how to, how to react to what they're, to what they're telling you. Uh, so again, basic discipline. So I hope, you know, hopefully that's, that's helpful. I'm, I'm sure if we had Ryan on the call, he's probably got a standard list of uh, five or six things that every MSP should do to secure their own shop, but that's where you need to start. Yeah, no, really interesting. And for me out of that, um, it really doesn't matter where you are on your MSP journey in terms of your operational maturity, whether it's, you know, a, a smaller shop or a huge shop. Some of these um, tips and tricks you can implement right across the board, which is is great for the MSP community. Um, some, so some really great points there um, going forward. Um, Certainly 2021, do you think there's going to be a huge focus on moving to cloud technologies as we've seen in 2020? I think so, but maybe not the way that we would imagine. I think that we think somewhere around 10% of our partners have active public cloud practices. Uh, but we think that number is going to grow over the next uh, two to four years. And uh, I think a surprising number of um, MSPs will be keeping uh, at least some of their uh, clients' infrastructure on-prem because they have unique requirements, uh, principally around access, uh, performance, and latency. Very, very hard, for example, to effectively move uh, a, a medical office that has any imaging um, up to the cloud, at least at least in most locales, uh, uh, and and you know similarly, you might have large law practices that have uh, regulatory requirements that really want to be able to control those assets on prem, and they need the MSP to sort of provide those guarantees. Uh, so I think we're going to see a mix of um, vertical applications getting moved up into infrastructure as a service. Uh, in public cloud, we think uh, uh, the the large majority of that will be in Azure, uh, because our managed service provider partners uh, are very Microsoft ecosystem centric uh, to begin with. Um, we think AWS will play a role, but a much smaller role uh, in infrastructure deployments going forward. We think virtual desktops will be uh, more important. Um, I'm, I'm, I know every year since 2010 has been the year of VDI and that year's never come, but I think it's actually going to be uh, a little more relevant in, in 2021 as, you know, 
Microsoft WVD has has proven to be a little bit more flexible and and capable than some of the earlier uh, solutions out you know out on the market. Um, so I think you'll see more of that, and then you're going to see more use of SaaS applications. The you know the use of O365 or M365. Uh, we're seeing more than seventy percent uh, penetration into MSPs uh, who are reselling to that, and and many of them are discovering the importance of continuity uh, in that space. Um, and uh, you know we think that you know there will be. A, a certain amount of uh, applications that go to vertical, SASified, if you will, or SaaS applications in some of these spaces. Probably, um, when we look at verticals uh, you know, like law, probably the smaller practitioners, but I'm sure larger practitioners as well. So the landscape is is getting much more complex, and it's really incumbent on the MSP to sort of try to um, choose. Uh, effective strategies for cloud. Uh, we've got some practitioners who have been early adopters of Azure, for example, and they have some pretty clear delineation between when they stay on-prem and when they move infrastructure to the cloud and how they do it and whether they need to do redesign or it's just lift and shift. And they're, they're becoming very disciplined about it. And I think that small group is going to grow into a much larger group, but it's going to take another uh, two to four years. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you for that, Bob. Um, Bob, do you feel there's anything that we haven't covered today that would be useful for the MSP community? I'm sure uh, there's a lot going on, but is there anything that's you know really burning with you that we feel we need to share? Well, I I I, I think the only thing I would share that is uh, maybe a data specific message is that you know we are probably more engaged as a business with MSPs than we ever have been. And you know, I can't provide all of the details, but I am very excited to say that we have personally engaged many MSPs in their practices uh, in the development of some of our products in the pipeline. Uh, and that you know, as new products and services emerge from Datto uh, going forward, uh, I'm pretty confident that they will be more aligned with the business needs and practices of MSPs than ever. I think we are, I think we are moving, you know, continuing to move upward in terms of our level of engagement, uh, our quality, and our level of relevance. So, you know, I can't announce anything here today, but I'm just very excited. I think 21 is going to be a very exciting year for us uh, because we're going to be able to address more and more of our partners' needs and help them elevate their business. And I think that's that's absolutely critical. That's our mission. I think, you know, I would end on the note that uh, when I first started with the company about 18 months ago, I was out at a DattoCon in San Diego and I hadn't yet started, but I, I went to the meeting and was absolutely amazed by the energy of MSPs. I had come from, you know, a big enterprise company and done a bunch of startups before that. And, you know, when you're in a big enterprise company, your customers don't always love you. Uh, and I'm not saying uh, Datto's customers uniformly love us all the time, but they have a high level level of energy. You know, Datto has made a big impact uh, in their lives and their businesses. And and Austin McCord, our founder, you know, got me aside. We were at a at a uh, thank you event for partners, uh, and he said, "Never forget that we are reinvesting our partners' money on their behalf." And I that you know that really impacted me because. Uh, I, I would say if there's anything that crystallizes 
why we do what we do, that one statement really brought it up, brought it home for me. Um, it's not about profits and growth, although those things are important to run a healthy company. It, it, it really is about trying to build something larger for our partners through their collective support of the company. And, you know, that, that sentiment, that philosophy um, uh, is something we're trying to, you know, continue to live by and even accelerate. So I think that's the only thing. I, th- I think that's the only thing we missed. I know I'm waxing a bit philosophical there, but I think it's important to know that as as Datto gets larger, we are still a small company at heart uh, when it comes to how we deal with our with our partners. Yeah, that absolutely resonates with me, Bob, in terms of um, Datto being truly MSP centric. Um, and I'll be honest with you, that is one of the reasons why I'm here today. I spent many years on the MSP side of the fence. Um, but it's nice being over at that, knowing that every decision at the core of it, the MSP, is uh, ultimately what it's about. Um, really enjoyed today um, getting some time with you. I know how busy you are, Bob, so thank you for taking the time out to share some of your insights um, to the MSP community. Um, just wrapping up here for me today is really, I guess, looking back over 2020, it has certainly been a year uh, where we have seen technology and business shift. Um, and really going forward, I just want to share with you some of our top tips for preparing your business for 2021 in terms of some of the things that you can uh, implement in your MSP business to add value and ultimately add to your bottom line. Um, There is a blog on the Datto page for this, uh, but number one is certainly add security offerings to all your offerings to the uh, SMB community that you work with. This is a great way for you to add revenue and ultimately add to your bottom line. Uh, Number two, have a focus on cloud technologies, as Bob alluded to, whether that be the shift in moving to the likes of Office 365 and Google, Um, you know, even in some of them quotes that you offer out, think about adding on uh, the likes of SaaS protection on there so that you're focusing on security, but also helping them businesses shift to cloud. Um, Maybe implement QBR meetings with your customers so that you're not only um, getting stage time with your customers, but also time where you can actually uh, review some of the Um, service offerings that you've been implementing over the last few months or so. Uh, Implementing a true business management tool or tools within your business, whether that be RMM or PSA. Um, And for many MSPs who are on the line today, you might be thinking, well, we currently have an RMM or PSA, but when was the last time you actually reviewed your PSA or RMM? Um, 2020 was a huge year for change. Has your um, RMM and PSA tool changed? Have you, are you getting the most out of it? So really look at that. Uh, number five, automation, automation, automation. The more you can automate within your MSP business, the more profitable and the more healthy you will be. 
Um, number six is coming in, uh, show value uh, as an MSP. So don't always talk about um, product or shiny things. You know, the SMB community is really looking to see how you can add value to their business, not only from technology and security, as Bob mentioned, um, but also how can you add value in terms of their business processes, you know, just by looking, are they using technology to really drive their business forward? Um, number seven is coming in at leverage. All your vendors have to offer a relevance of where you are on your MSP journey. Really engage with all of your vendors and see how they can drive your business forward. That might be around marketing collateral, MDF, management, um, uh, um, sorry, marketing and development funds for your business. Um, it's a real great way to grow your business. Um, also as well, identify um, cross-sell opportunities within your existing customer base. Um, Bob certainly mentioned security should be up there and you're already doing business with these organizations. It's a much easier way um, to add to your bottom line rather than going out and looking for um, new customers out there. And finally, client referrals. If you're doing a great job and you're possibly getting some great referrals back into your business in terms of maybe CSATs or customer surveys, why not take that a step further and actually pick up the phone and ask for some referrals, ask them to open their black book um, and put you in contact with some. Um, we hope that today's um, webinar um, podcast has been useful for you and you've got some value. We didn't want it to seem all doom and gloom around 2020. We wanted to highlight some of the security concerns but also how the MSP landscape is shifting. And that also goes to say the, M, um, the SMB community as well, how they're expecting more from their technology provider. So that wraps up today. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We're so glad that you spent the time um, with us today and we hope that you've taken some uh, insights and also more importantly that you take some action on some of these points. Um, if you have got value out of today's session please share it with a friend or a colleague within the MSP community. Um, Bob would you like, like any last words before we wrap up today? I would say my only last word is please uh, stay safe and and uh, healthy, and uh, I hope everyone's uh, loved ones and families are are prosperous in the new year. Twenty one will uh, is going to end a lot better than it started um, if we all keep working together. It's it, it's going to be a great year. Fantastic. Thank you, Bob. Uh, and absolutely. And please remember, uh, no matter what is going on in the world, Dato is always here to help our MSP partners grow. So if you have any questions about today's session or you would like more guidance um, from myself, Bob or any of the team at Dato, please feel free to reach out to us. You can email stateofthechannel at datto.com and we will endeavor to get back to you as soon as possible. As Bob says, from all of the Datto team, please stay safe out there. Uh, and thank you to everybody on today's session listening to us. We hope you have an absolutely wonderful 2021. Good luck going forward from Datto. Thank you. 
Hey everyone, it's Rob. If you found value in this podcast, don't forget to subscribe in the streaming platform of your choice and reach out to us via email at stateofthechannel at datto.com with any feedback or questions you have. Your ideas are always appreciated. Our blog is another great place to learn about Datto and what's happening in the channel. So go check it out at datto.com slash blog. Thanks for listening and have a great day.